Warning, this podcast contains adult subject matter and cuss words. Because, well, Erin has a potty mouth. She's cute and she's crazy, says her ex was lazy, her love life's kind of hazy, it's Erin's Thursday vlog. Well, hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Erin Austin. Today's episode is a continuation of our last one. This is part two, where we left off the last episode talking about the the guy to steer clear of in Memphis and uh, how he basically ruined New Year's Eve, that Christmas vacation in New York City. That's where we had left things off. Before we get into this week's episode, part two, I want to again reiterate that this is a real life account of the things that I had endured while dating him. This is not rumors. This is not hearsay. This is not gossip. This is what I have and had experienced. And by the way, in this episode, I have a feeling this one's going to go a little bit long as well, just like the last one. And there are some parts in here that are really bad. I'm trying to think, I may cut this off towards the end and where the finale finale was, like the big finale. I may end up making that a separate podcast. Anyway, here we go. This is episode number 27, The Guy to Steer Clear of in Memphis, The Finale, Part 2. So like I said, we left it off in New York City, and now we're headed back to Memphis. And once we got back to Memphis, I obviously had to go back to work. He was staying here at my house. It was one of those days, remember when we had the snow days? Well, it was weird because he was here at the house, I was working, and I saw some activity on my camera, which, I don't know, it was probably like 7, 7.30 in the morning, and he's up and walking around. I'm like, huh, okay, what's he doing? So I'm kind of keeping an eye on him, and I see that he's drinking, and it looks like he's drinking a cocktail. All right, so now we're drinking at 7.30 in the morning. Awesome. There's some more weird activity on my cameras. It's a cold day. My dogs don't really want to go outside. I don't know if he had put them outside or not, but at some point, I see him on my cameras start to blast music really super loud, and he's just acting kind of crazy around my house. At one point, he goes around my house and turns all my cameras around so that you can't see what's going on inside the house. One thing I did see before he turned the cameras around is that he grabbed his laptop and was playing like Foo Fighters at the top of his lungs. Oh, and by the way, when he turned my cameras around, he made sure to flip them off. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, I found out what he was doing with the cameras off. I'll tell you that here in a second. But I end up coming home after work. I beeline it for the house because I'm like, what the heck is going on? Now I'm thinking that my dogs have been stuck outside for hours and here he is acting like a weirdo inside the house drinking at 7.30 in the morning. I get home and he is laying in bed and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, well, I was just trying to get some people together to go bowling. And I said, well, what have you been doing? He goes, oh, well, I just had a threesome and the girls just left. And I'm like, wait, are you, are you being serious right now? And I go, and why did you turn the cameras around in my house? He immediately flips out and he's like, if you want fucking cameras in your house, then you can, blah, blah, blah. And, he, and I'm like, well, I do want cameras in my house. And if you don't fucking like it, then you can get your shit and get the fuck out of here. Because by that time, 
I was fed up, right? I mean, I come home from work, you're drunk already, uh, you're turning around my cameras and flipping them off, and then when I ask you what you're doing, you tell me that you just had a threesome and the girls just left? Like, what kind of fucking douchebag does this shit? Oh, by the way, come to find out later when I asked him why he had turned my cameras around in my house, allegedly, he did it because he wanted to jerk off in my living room. I'm thinking, couldn't you have jerked off in my bed or over the toilet or something like that? I don't even know. And then I wonder, why did you have the music cranked up so loud that you, while you were jerking off, like, are you watching some weird porn that I should be kind of concerned about? It's just weird. Anyway, so that ends up starting a big fight. I'm like, get your shit, get the fuck out of here. And he just is nonstop. I can't believe this. All I wanted to do was go bowling. And we're in this fight because I wanted to go bowling. This is ridiculous. Uh, And acting like I'm such a bitch. And I go, I don't want to hang out with you right now. I'm over it. You're drunk. It's And by that time, it was 1030. So he's wasted at 1030 in the morning. It's just too much. So he's gathering all of his stuff and he's huffing and he's puffing and he's calling me every name in the book, which by the way, I have this all recorded, just so you know. He's now demanding that I go to his house with him and take half of his shit with him. I'm like, no, I'm not taking your stuff to your house. I have no desire for your stuff. You can come back at a later date and come and get it. And he's like, no, you come with me to my house and you bring all this shit. And he's like demanding and bossing me around. And I'm like, nope, not happening. Not going to happen. We can put as much in your car as we can physically do right now. But then if you need to get your bike later, not a big deal. I'll arrange for that. It's not a problem. So he won't stop talking about, I can't believe it. I just wanted to go bowling today. God, uh. I think he probably talked about bowling at least 20, 30 times in that little rant and rave of his. Anyway, while he's doing that, he's dropping stuff all over my house. Oh, and get this. While he was busy, I don't know, jerking off or whatever, my dogs apparently had made a doo-doo in the house. Maybe because it was too cold that morning and they didn't want to go out. I don't even know. But one of the dogs pooped in the living room, in my sitting room. And at maybe about the time where he flipped the camera around, he tracks it and he ends up tracking shit, doesn't even realize he stepped in it, ends up tracking poop all over my house, all over my living room, into my bedroom, down the hall, into the other living room. And poop is everywhere. And I said, where did all this poop come from? And he was like, oh, yeah, your dog's pooped in the house. Like, you're a fucking great dog owner, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he ends up trying to get all of his stuff out. I'm like, hey, you've got five more minutes to get all your shit out. He goes into my spare bedroom where he had his own little closet. Yes, he commandeered an area for himself. And uh, I was standing there watching him gather his things, holding some of them for him. And he said, hey, I need you to leave the room real quick. And I go, no, no, this is my house. I'm not leaving the room. You can get whatever things you've got while I'm standing here. And he goes, no, that's fine. That's fine. I'll just tell cops that you're slinging dope out of here. Acting like he hid drugs in my room. Yeah, that's awesome. And by the way, my poor girlfriend uh, ended up having to drive into town because I'm, after this, I'm so distraught. They, he told me he has drugs in my house. Like I, We ended up looking in the vents. We ended up looking everywhere for these drugs. Uh, allegedly, he was just lying and just was saying that so he could fuck with me. 
supposedly. I even thought of calling the cops and asking them to bring a drug-sniffing dog to make sure there wasn't shit hidden in my house because of what he said. Then he gets most of his stuff in the car. Then what does he do? Oh, now he starts going through my refrigerator and taking out the items that he believes are his because he says he paid for it. Keep in mind, he's been essentially living with me for the longest time, eating my food, drinking my drink, and not replenishing any of it. In fact, drinking multiple bottles of vodka and whiskey or whatever and never replenishing it. Oh, if he did replenish it because I made him, he would also drink that too because in his mind, he paid for it, right? So here we are. He's digging out all of this stuff that he thinks is his that he bought from the fridge. I'm like, stop what are you doing? Like, just stop doing this right now. Please, like, just get the fuck out of my house. And he's just being belligerent. At one point, I'm so frustrated because he's throwing shit on the floor. He's going through my fridge and I push him out of the way to, like, get the fuck out of my fridge. And he ends up ripping off the door to my freezer. I lose my shit on him like fucking Ruth on Ozark. I scream. You know that scene where she's like, you're gonna have to fucking kill me. That I felt like I was that. I was like screaming at him at the top of my lungs to get the fuck out of my house. And I'm not going to demonstrate it, but that's that's what it was. I was that person. I was to my wit's end. He gets out. He's like, cool. It's been real. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for the pussy, this and that. Yeah, uh, your house, I'm burning it down tomorrow. You're dead and blah, blah, blah. Again, all of this is recorded. He gets in his car and leaves doesn't close the hatch all the way. And by the time it gets to the bottom of my driveway, the thing pops open and half of the the shit that he had stolen out of my house as far as groceries and liquor ended up falling out all over the street. And he doesn't end up stopping. I don't actually know when he ended up stopping and figuring out that his tailgate was open and I don't know how much more he lost, but I don't really care. So kick him out. Now I think I'm free. In my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm done. This is it. Well, a couple days later, he comes back and he asks to get the rest of his things. And I agree to do so. I, I reluctantly agree to let him come over and get his stuff. And then when he gets here, he looks like a little puppy with his tail between his legs and wants to have a, a talk. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And so we go for a walk and he does this whole thing where he's kind of being apologetic. He never really says he's sorry. He just was like, I shouldn't have done that blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, that's the thing. He started drinking at 730 in the morning, and that's not the first time. He absolutely ruined our vacation uh, for Christmas and New Year's because he was so wasted. And then he's always doing coke. It's just nonstop. I can't, I can't be in that lifestyle. And I can't be around that. I'm a radio personality. You know, I can't be caught with that stuff. I mean, I've never done it. I don't want to do it. And I shouldn't have to worry about having some guy have have it on his person in my presence. I mean, as it is, I don't know if I said this in the last podcast, but I found cocaine in my house on several occasions. One of them was underneath my dog bowl, the dog mat. He had put a dollar bill that had cocaine in that, just a little bit left. He had placed it under there. There was a time where I noticed that his wallet, he's famous for losing his wallet, and I noticed that it was not sitting on the nightstand. And I said, hey, do you know where your wallet is? And he said, oh yeah, no, nah, 
I, I know. And he, and he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to let me know where it was. And I was like, God, you're acting fishy. So what do I do? Go in my bedroom, lock my door, and look underneath my mattress. Sure as shit, there's his fucking wallet. Open it up, and there's two $5 bills. One with what I believe to be cocaine in powder form, and it's all ground up. And the other $5 bill with what I believe to be cocaine in like a chunk, like a white chunk. Again, I'm no fucking drug expert. I have no idea what's going on, but I can tell you that ain't Flintstone vitamins, all right? So I just fold it back up, put them back in his wallet, put the wallet back underneath my bed, and I don't ever say a word about it because I don't want him to, I don't want him to know. But I just filed it away knowing that I told him never to bring it to my house ever again, and he did exactly that, and I fucking hate him for that. So let's go back to this walk that we shall remember. He's telling me that I know I, I, I shouldn't be drinking as much and I won't be doing coke anymore. I, I know I need to cut this stuff out of my life. And, you know, you're right about the dating apps and I, I shouldn't have done that. That wasn't right. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, that seems all very nice. And he seems, he actually does seem apologetic. He even cried at, I think, like a, a small little Indian tear. You know, like the Indian man from back in the day in that commercial where he cries that single, solitary tear over the pollution that is happening in America. Yeah, well, that's what he looked like. He just had that one little tear. And he's like, oh, I want to make this work, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> so yeah, he pseudo-apologizes. And my ass believes him. And I start talking to him again. And I'll be honest, for the first couple of weeks... He actually was better. And people actually did tell me that, hey, I don't know what happened, but he is acting so much better. And I, I, I don't know what you did, but it's, it seems to be working. And that all lasted maybe January. And then the wheels fell off again. And now we're into February. And we end up going to this chili cook-off with his sister and brother-in-law. And afterwards, we end up going to Rockies, which is a place, by the way, that I absolutely hate. It's one of those dingy, disgusting bars that smells. And it actually, it, it feels like that depression is just like seeping out of the walls. I don't like it at all. But anyway, people like to go there to play darts. He wants to go play darts. He starts ordering beers for himself by the way, nothing for me. And then the next thing you I, I know is I watch him go into the men's bathroom and then another man walks into the same bathroom. Hmm. Well, keep in mind, uh, this bathroom is a one-staller. So I sit there and I watch them come out of the bathroom together. And I'm like, what the actual fuck? Like, why are two dudes in a single stall bathroom together? Is this a drug thing? I have no idea what's going on. And I confront him about it. And I'm like, why the fuck are two dudes in the bathroom together? Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Of course, he doesn't want to acknowledge anything I have to say. He basically blows me off, starts talking to other girls. And at that point, I'm fucking done. I've had a enough. This is ridiculous. He ends up coming home a few hours later, but by then, you know, the damage had been done. So now it is, well, Valentine's Day. We decide that we're going to go bowling 
That day, we go to the bowling alley, and that's one thing I will say. We always had fun doing normal stuff like that. But the problem is, he had already started drinking and was kind of drunk by that point. Now, get ready for this. I find out later that while we're at the bowling alley, he ends up texting his ex-girlfriend, you know, old brown eyes, the one from Vegas that he cheated on. Yeah, he messages her while we're at the bowling alley and saying, oh man, I just walked into the bowling alley and they're playing our song. And this bitch believes it hook, line, and sinker. I think she even sent him a selfie of like her working out or some dumb shit. And I'm like, I I found this out later. I'll tell you how I found that out. But anyway, so we bowl. It's time to leave. I think we're talking about where we should go grab dinner. Well, I end up swiping some stuff on my phone and he ends up seeing that I still have Bumble on my phone. And he freaks the fuck out. Uh, he's like, oh my God, you still have Bumble? I go, hey, I don't ever, I'm never on it. Like, see my profile, I have it hidden. I'm not even using it right now. It's just on my phone. I just never got rid of it. And I'm trying to explain to him, he's not having it. He's drunk. And he's like, fuck it. I'll just get back on Bumble too. And I'll start fucking everybody. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all that kind of nonsense. I'm just thinking, how the hell did you already fucking ruin Valentine's Day? And I said, I don't understand what's going on. What happened? He ends up somewhat calming down. We decide to go to dinner, and it was actually a nice dinner. He didn't ruin that part of it, but Valentine's Day overall was ruined. Yeah. And keep in mind, all he he got mad over me having Bumble on my phone, yet he was texting his ex-bitches and telling them shit like, oh, I miss you and stuff. Again, giant piece of fucking human garbage. Here's the thing. With him texting old girl, I had no idea until actually just a few weeks ago that he had done that. But we'll get to that again later in the podcast. Now it's uh, getting towards Mardi Gras. We decide to go to New Orleans. And we go to New Orleans on the weekend of President's Day because I have Monday off. I drive shocker, because he doesn't drive anywhere. And he tells me that he'll pay for gas, which by the way, he doesn't really help me pay for gas. I think I ended up filling up four times and he paid for for one tank because he's cheap. Anyway, while we're there in New Orleans, one thing that I wanted to do was go to Acme Oyster House. We go there, the line is long. And so we're standing there in line. He had been drinking, of course. You know, I, I don't know if we had stopped at a couple bars, maybe got a hurricane or some nonsense. And so we're sitting there chit-chatting with people in line come across this couple that's from Houston. We start chatting with them. They're brand new. Well, he's from there. She's brand new to town. And so I'm just telling them stuff I know. And he and the guy are talking because they have similar childhoods. I guess they went to the same type of church. And so they were discussing that. We end up, well, sitting at a table with them. We share a table because it was easier for us to get a table of four than two. So we sit with them, hang out with them, go to a couple bars after that. She and I are dancing, having a good time. At some point, he suggests that we go to a strip club, which I'm fine with. You know, I kind of wouldn't mind seeing what a strip club is like in, in New Orleans. Okay. And not only that, but he likes going to strip clubs. Here in Memphis, apparently that's what the boys do. After the bars close, they all go to a strip club. I didn't realize, and I've heard some stories about the strip clubs here back in the day, and some with him from back in the day, and that's a whole other podcast in itself. But everybody apparently goes to the strip clubs. Anyway, so we go. As soon as we get in the door, boom, he is gone. I don't see him. We go to our table. I can't find him anywhere. I look around, and there I find him in a booth with one of the strippers just 
sitting there chit-chatting at like over in the little champagne area. And I'm thinking, what the fuck are you doing? And I said, really, dude, you can't even sit and have a drink with us. And that's the thing. There was a lot of couples in there, but the couples were together. You didn't see the guy over off in the corner chit-chatting up some strippers. No. I mean, he was with his girl. They were watching together, whatever, or getting a dance together. I don't even know. I'm just so frustrated. And as I'm sitting there with the couple, the guy says, do you want me to go and talk to him? I said, sure. So he's at the bar. He goes and talks to him. He comes back and tells me, uh, yeah, uh, he's really drunk right now. I don't think he's going to listen to anything anybody says. And I said, okay. All right. So it's like that. So I end up going upstairs to the bathroom because at Rick's Cabaret, the, the women's bathroom is upstairs. And I come down on the elevator and I come down with two of the dancers. And I'm just really bummed out. They're talking about something and I kind of interrupt them. And I said, hey, girls, um, am I hideous or something? And the one just kind of looks at me and and the other girl's like, what, what do you mean? I go, well, I'm here with my boyfriend and he hasn't paid attention to me the entire time I'm here. And she kind of gets snotty with me and says something shitty like, well, um, he's going home with you, so it really doesn't matter. And I'm thinking, bitch, you don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. You, you clearly don't get it. So I go back downstairs to the table, don't know where Numb Nuts is. And the other girl that was in, in the elevator that didn't really say anything, she comes up to me and she goes, hey, you know your boyfriend? Yeah, he's a fucking flat tire and you need to get rid of him. And I, I was like, wait, what? And she goes, yeah. He's in here and all the strippers know that he's a fucking flat tire and that he doesn't spend any money. And all he does is just like, he's just talking to all the girls and wasting their fucking time. I said, wait, really? And she goes, oh, and by the way, he told some of the girls that he just broke up with his girlfriend and all he cares about is doing cocaine in the bathroom. And I was like, oh my God, I am there at the strip club with him and he's telling these strippers that he just broke up with me and all he wants to do is coke in the bathroom? Are you fucking serious? I'm just like beside myself. I end up talking to her the rest of the time. She sits down with with us, me and the girl. I wish I could remember her name. I think I remember it now. But anyway, she sits down with us and talks to us the rest of the night. My dude, Numbnuts, starts coming back around every once in a while. And I'm pretending like he doesn't exist because it's like, well, no, you already told everybody that you broke up with me. So kiss my ass. By the way, she and I are friends to this day. Yeah. And and you know what? Every once in a while, text here and there, I found out that we have a mutual friend in common. Her cousin is actually my former co-worker in Houston. I mean, talk about a small world, right? So we end up leaving the strip club. I end up yelling at him all the way back to the hotel. And I just I'm sure that people on the street just thought I was like this major bitch. But at the same time, I'm over it all. I feel like the most of the drama from New Orleans was that. I'm, I'm sure there was something else in there that was probably inappropriate that I've blacked out, but it is what it is. Now it is time for us to go to Houston. Every I like to go back to Houston as, as much as I can. And this was the time of year when it was Rodeo Houston. It is like the best time in Houston in March. And so I wanted to go. Coincidentally, 
Tennessee baseball was playing in like some regional or invitational at Minute Maid Park. And they were playing, uh, I don't know, I think the game we went to go see was Texas, Texas and Tennessee. We get to Houston, we go to that game, which by the way, he ended up being drunk for and couldn't figure out how to buy tickets. So I had to figure out how to buy tickets. He ends up passing out pretty early at the uh, beginning of the night. So we didn't end up really going out much. Shocker. So Saturday comes and now it's time for rodeo. I go and get my hair done from my old hairstylist there in Houston and come back to the hotel. He's popping the drinks already. And you can tell that he's been drinking because his face was like bright red and super flushed, probably because he was drinking really shitty gin or something. I don't even know. We ride down to the the rodeo on the train. And once we get there, we head on over to the wine garden, which is this really cool spot. You buy bottles of wine. You can hang out with your friends. It's outdoors. It's a lot of fun. They have bands that play out there. I was meeting up with some of my friends and some of my former co-workers. And while we're there, we buy a bottle of champagne. And guess what? He drinks most of it. Mm-hmm. We end up running into uh, some of, uh, actually, a girl he knows. By the way, come to find out later, uh, through the grapevine, somebody told me this, that she thought I was really nice and felt really bad for me because she felt like he was hitting on her in front of me, which I was kind of wondering if that's what was happening, but I couldn't just tell if maybe he was just, I, I mean, I at that point, I kind of almost stopped paying attention to him because I could see the flip happening. Anyway, we go and talk to my friends and he's totally disinterested, not really engaging in conversation. He acts like he could be anywhere else. And the next thing I know, I see these two girls walk by. He watches them walk by, follows them, starts talking to them. And then I see them walk off together. And I'm like looking at my friend Rich and I'm like, did that just fucking happen? And he was like, oh my God. So I go over there and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And then the girls come up. Oh, guess what? I know one of them. It's a girl that's one of the TV personalities in Houston. And I'm like, oh, hey, um, yeah, this is my boyfriend. Was he hitting on you? Because if that's the case, then you can fucking have him. I walk off. I'm just, uh, I'm so pissed. The girls come up to me later and, and you know, I know her. And she's like, Aaron, I'm really sorry. Um, he asked us if we wanted a drink. And so we went off to get a drink with him. I had no idea. And I'm sorry he's being an ass. And that was kind of the end of it. Now it is time for us to go into the rodeo. By the way, on Saturdays, rodeos kick off at about 2.45 in the afternoon, I believe. And the show, the musical act, which was John Party that night, they usually happen at about 6 o'clock. So it's five something, I believe. We have almost missed the entire rodeo, which is kind of why I wanted him to go was to see what the rodeo was like, see the bull riding, the mutton busting, all that stuff. Well, we miss it. We are getting in as the concert's playing and we sit in just some random chair that we found because we couldn't find our seats, but, and he was also wasted. So we just sit in these chairs. By the way, he ends up passing out during the concert. I have uh, some pictures on my phone of that. Mouth wide open, falling asleep in the concert at Rodeo Houston. Oh, by the way, it's not even seven o'clock. Awesome. Concert's over. 
I find my guy friends again. He's being belligerent and goes back to the wine garden. At this point, I'm totally frustrated. I'm telling my guy friends, like, I don't know what the fuck to do. This, I feel like he's ruining my time here in Houston, and this is just awful. He's incoherent. He's not making any sense. At one point, I have somebody call me from his number. Turns out it's these women cops that were monitoring the, the wine garden area. And the gal, she was like, hi, this is, you know, deputy, blah, blah, blah. Can you come over here to the wine garden area and uh, tell your boyfriend to drink some water? Because if he doesn't watch out, he's going to get arrested. And I was like, all right. So we go over there. I try to get him to drink water. I think he tells me to go fuck off. And then he takes off and I don't know where he goes. I, I mean, and that's the thing. The rodeo grounds are at NRG Stadium. It's not small. So I think at some point he ends up finding somebody to take care of him and they're helping him because he's so fucking wasted. I end up, I think I end up getting another phone call from another girl and she was like, hey, um, are you his girlfriend? And I said, yeah, why? And she goes, well, he's really drunk right now where we're trying to help him. What's your hotel? Uh, and I give her my number. I said, hey, this is my number. Text me, blah, blah, blah. So I text her the name of our hotel, give her any information she needs to know. Well, the next thing I know, she's texting me back saying, Hey, I need you to come down and get him. I'm not going to leave him here at the hotel without you coming down to get him. And I'm like, I'm not at the fucking hotel. I'm at the rodeo. I ended up staying there with my friends and I ended up calling his brother-in-law, telling him what a shit show he was. And I, I'm assuming at some point he called him. I obviously, it didn't do any good, but I don't see him really for the rest of the night. So I end up hanging out with my guy friends, my friend Rich. He's like, I don't want you to go downtown on the train by yourself. So I'll go with you and I'll just get a lift from there. And I'm like, okay. So we go down to a couple bars down on Main Street in Houston, which is not far from our hotel, hang out there for a while. And then at one point, I end up calling him numb nuts and saying like, hey, where are you? He actually answers. And it sounds like he's in a nightclub. He can't tell me where he is. Uh, he has no earthly idea. I get off the phone with him. I think maybe I tried calling him one more time and he answered, but nothing. Now it's like 2.30, bars are closing. I don't know. I mean, in Houston is one of those places where the bars close at 2, 2.30. I don't know as far as after hour bars, what there is. I know there is one after hours bar because I went there on one of my last weekends with some random Israeli guys that I met. I know that's one after hours spot, but I don't know of any other ones. Moral of the story is I tried calling his phone uh, several times and it rings and it rings and it rings and no fucking answer. Nothing. So now I get back to the hotel. I pack up his luggage and I lock him out of the room. Apparently at some point at 4.30 in the morning, he calls me, but I don't answer because I'm asleep. By 5 a.m., he comes rolling back to the room, tries to get in, wakes me up. And so I open the door and what does he do? Immediately gets in the room and starts taking a shower. Does anybody else find that highly suspicious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're out all night, and then the first thing you do after not answering your phone for hours is you come back to the hotel room and take a shower. I smell some, well, not literally fishy shit, but I'm I'm smelling some fishy shit going on, like something is not right. And again, this is one of those things where it's a dot, but I can't connect it, right? That's suspicious behavior, but I don't know why. So I ask him, hey, where, where did you go? What did you do? He goes, I don't know. Like, I was at that club 
And then, I don't know, he claims that he ended up walking around downtown Houston all over the place and couldn't figure out where he was going. I kind of feel like he used that excuse in uh, Nashville, right? Just walking in circles, has no idea where he's going. Now, do I doubt that's possible? No, it's certainly possible. But is that what happened? I have no idea. And here he is walking around with a fake Rolex. And I said, well, you better watch out with that fake Rolex because somebody in downtown Houston is going to mug you for that thing thinking it's real. I, While he's in the shower, I go through his pants pocket and I find a piece of paper with another hotel and name and address on it. The handwriting, eh, I, it doesn't really, I don't know, it looks very unisex. It doesn't look like a, a girl's handwriting per se, but it doesn't look like a guy's. But our hotel that we were staying in was the Residence Inn by Marriott. And that was downtown. The hotel that was written on the piece of paper was the Renaissance Hotel in Greenway Plaza. So I'm like, hmm, why the fuck does he have this? So later I end up asking my guy friend, I'm like, why do you why do you think he had that different address? Now, old dude, numbnuts claims that somebody just wrote it down because they thought that's what his hotel was. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm not sure I believe that. My guy friend seems to think that that's where maybe he could find himself a call girl. And I'm like, really? You think he got a prostitute? And I'm like, God damn, I don't know. I mean, he is the cheapest motherfucker alive. I can't imagine him paying for sex. But then again, that's the thing. People do all sorts of things that you wouldn't expect and you would never guess. So I don't know. And I'll never know what that address, why it was in his back pocket. But I'm pretty sure that whatever he did to go get get in the shower right away, it wasn't his excuse of, oh, Aaron, I thought my feet were stinky and so I wanted to take a shower. No, motherfucker. You thought your pee-pee was stinky. So that's why you fucking took a shower. <sighs> so that is pretty much the rest of the Houston trip. The next day, I think Sunday, I ended up hanging out with my friends. He ended up going to another baseball game. I didn't want to hang out with him because I was like, no, that wasn't in the plan. You can go to a baseball game. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. It's not that often that I get to come here. So, you know, you can fuck off. He ends up meeting us out later and we end up going to, I don't know how to explain it. It's called Bottle Blonde. It's like a restaurant, but then it's like a douchebag bar. It is one of those places. And we end up hanging out there, having some drinks drinks. The girls in this place where, you know, it's like a restaurant. These bitches are wearing like pantyhose and thong underwear and, you know, they're dressed kind of skanky. I'm not gonna lie. And I can see his eyes. And I even told my girlfriend, I said, this is why I know it's not gonna work. I'm afraid to let him be around anybody like this because I'm afraid he's gonna hit on him. And I'm not wrong. We end up having a decent time, ended up uh, going back to the hotel, hanging out with my friends. For most of the night, I I think it went without incident. So go back to Memphis. Now it is time for St. Patrick's Day. And I know what you're thinking. What, you didn't break up with him after Houston? Nope, sure didn't, because I'm an idiot. And and that's the thing. It's like, I would have a couple good days. I would get those breadcrumb days. And you think, oh, well, maybe this time it'll be better. And so that's why you stick around. St. Patrick's Day rolls around. He tells me that he's not going to drink, that he's just going to have this one beer, and then he's going to drink water and have his weed gummy and just kind of chill out. 
Well, that doesn't end up happening. Then he starts drinking beer and another beer and another beer. And before you know it, it, he's back to being drunk. Well, I wanted an Irish car bomb shot. I like those. While I'm standing at the bar ordering my Irish car bomb shot, he sees somebody, again, beelines it for this girl, starts talking to her. And the next thing I know, she's leaning over and he's typing in his phone. And I walk up and I'm like, why the fuck are you giving my boyfriend your phone number? And he looks like a deer in the fucking head lights. She is like, uh, what? He takes off and I'm now fucking pissed. I don't see him for a couple minutes and I end up talking to this girl at the bar who knows him and I tell her what's going on, obviously livid. All of a sudden he comes back and instead of coming and talking to me, what does he do? He goes over and starts talking to that bitch again. I go over and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And I look at the girl, I go, is he hitting on you or are you hitting on him? What the fuck is happening? And she's like, um, Um, he's hitting on me, acting like I'm in the wrong. And I'm thinking, well, fuck you. But anyway, then the next thing I say is, hey, everybody, see this guy right here? Yep, this is my boyfriend. And he is asking for this girl's phone number right in front of me. And everybody starts booing him. And he again leaves and takes off. And I don't see him the rest of the night. By this time, I'm feeling I've probably had too much to drink. I've had enough of bullshit. So it's time for me to peace on out of here. So I go home and I end up trying to call his phone and a girl answers the phone. And it happens to be the girl, Kelsey. You might remember her, you know, the one that he does cocaine with, you know, the one that was laying like a dead body on her floor in her living room. Well, she answers the phone and she's like, hey, Aaron, um, he's over here at my house and I really can't have him here right now. Um, so what can I do? And I'm like, well, his shit's at my house. So uh, why don't you take down my address? Here's my phone number and you can send him t- and Uber him back to my place. Because by this time, I've gathered up all of his things that I had left at the house and I threw them outside. I took his car, took it out of my garage, parked it in my driveway so he could just take his shit and get the fuck out of there. He rolls up. I think he might even go in the back door, gets in my house, sits his ass on the couch and starts playing with his phone. And I'm like, really? Like, what the fuck is happening? Why were you asking for some chick for her phone number? He acts like he doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I grab his phone and I see that he's like texting her. And I take it and I swipe it and I delete it. But at that point, I end up taking the phone because I want to see what else is on there. And I run towards the bathroom and he comes after me and kicks my door down, breaks it off the hinges. I then put the phone down the back of my pants and I'm trying to get out of the bathroom and get away from him because he's coming at me. And so I go into the other spare room. He's then after me, grabbing me. And it, it got to a point where... Nope, I'm not going to talk about it, but it was not, not something I'd ever want to ever, ever happen again. And it's nothing that should ever happen in a relationship that's loving. Well, fuck, none of this shit should ever happen in a loving relationship, but especially shit like this. And if it just shouldn't, I mean, it should never even got to that point. None of, none of this should ever got to that point. I shouldn't have even been to that point. I should have been out of this relationship months and months and months ago. Then it gets to this and it's just, I mean, this was the worst of the worst, I think. 
I, this, this argument might have been the worst one yet. Then he goes into my kitchen and then starts grabbing bottles of vodka and, you know, all of my liquor and starts dumping it down the sink and demanding his keys, which I don't have because I put them where he left him after I moved his car. And he's like, I'm going to dump every single bottle down until you give me my keys. And I'm now like, I just, I think at that point, I just gave it to him and got him myself because I'm now worried, is he going to start going through my house and just breaking shit? Because, I mean, he kind of did that before. And well, obviously, he broke my door down in my bathroom. But he ends up leaving. I mean, that that might be one of the worst nights of my life. You know? I mean, that and how it officially ended, that's another... I mean, and coincidentally, they both have him in common. Yeah. All right. So now we're into going into April, right? We're done. We broke up. We're not speaking. I don't even know how long we went without talking or anything. But I had started going on dates with other guys. Um, and they were actually going pretty well. I was starting to feel really positive. I was starting to feel like I had turned the corner and I was making progress and I was getting into a better spot. And then somehow, some way, I let him pop his head back in the picture and fuck shit up for me. He fucked everything up. He derailed all of the progress that I had made. Every bit of confidence that I had about moving forward, he just smashed it. And and it's funny because it's not like he even did anything great. It's not like he came back and apologized. It's not like he did anything super fantastic and tried to woo me. All he said was something like, oh, I miss my best friend. I miss hanging out, blah, blah, blah. I miss us going fishing. Let's take our kayaks out. And somehow I let that fuck shit up for me. I end up seeing him again at the end of April. Yeah, I think I'm I think I ended up hanging out with him after the Peabody rooftop and I think he ended up coming home with me. Then we're starting to move into May and he had stayed with me. Oh yeah, I think he actually stayed with me till Cinco de Mayo. This is funny because I'll tell you about things that I found on his phone around Cinco de Mayo. So there's that. Now it's going back to his same shady behavior around Cinco de Mayo and around that time. He kind of goes MIA. He'll answer me, but doesn't make any plans with me. Kind of just weird stuff like that. I'm like, hmm. Here we go again. Here's the shady shit. Then it's the end of May. He has this guy trip, alleged guy trip to San Francisco. I just felt all sorts of wrong about it. Do I think deep down he really did go with a guy? Yes. But I never had any proof that that guy was actually there. I saw pictures that he was in San Francisco at that time, but none of them together. So for all I know, he was in San Francisco at the same time the other guy was in San Francisco, but really, numbnuts, who knows? He might have been shacking up with, I don't know, maybe Brown Eyes was in town that weekend or some other person, although I don't think that happened because, well, I'll tell you later. Anyway, that weekend, I just did not trust him. I just knew, again, he's, he's taking a trip without me, and that's another thing my girlfriend said, why does he take so many trips and he never invites you? Oh, gee, I don't know, because he's shady as fucking shit. That's the end of May. Oh, yeah, I go end up going with a girlfriend to, to Nashville, I think, for Memorial Day weekend. What is he doing? He is blowing me up. Oh, and asking me, like, are you hooking up with guys? All of this kind of stuff. But I'm thinking, I'm more worried about where you stick your dick than you need to worry about who's sticking their dick in me. But anyway, I go to Nashville, have a good time, come back. He's blowing me up like, hey, what are you doing today? You want to hang out? Blah, blah, blah. 
on Memorial Day, I end up hanging out with him, going over to his sister's house, and I'm sure they were like, oh, what the fuck are you doing here? They were all very sweet. I think they were just probably in shock that I was there, and who knows? They might have already seen two other girls come by that house, and then they're like, oh my God, she's back. Oh my gosh, she has no idea what's happening. So we, you know, hang out. Again, he comes back to my house, hangs out with me for the next couple of days, whatever. Now we're into June. June is interesting because the second weekend of June is a very big weekend and it's a very bad weekend. And I will get to that in a second. But leading up to that, there were these days where, again, he likes to party Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He could hang out with me Monday and Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, and then he would get the itch to go do something, do drugs, go get wasted, whatever. I don't even know. It turned out that he had gone out. I'm pretty sure this was that weekend or that week where he went out on a Wednesday night and ended up getting so wasted that allegedly he slept in his car. Then... Thursday, he goes out again, and this time allegedly sleeps at some random chick's house. He tells me he goes home with two guys and a girl, ends up allegedly sleeping in her living room in a swinging chair. So if you know anybody that lives in East Memphis that has swinging chairs in her living room, that might be her. And he claims that he didn't do anything with anybody. Mm, Okay. But here's what's really interesting about that weekend. Thursday, supposedly he goes home with that those two guys and that chick, which is weird, but his phone now isn't working. So you text him. It doesn't go through. It's not turning green like he blocked you. It's just doing nothing. And when you call him, it goes straight to voicemail. And he's MIA now for, hmm, it might even be 24 hours, maybe even longer by this time. I'm starting to freak out. I message him on Facebook and I'm like, what's going on? Did you block me? Blah, blah, blah. I don't hear from him for a while. And then all of a sudden he tells me, oh, hey, my phone isn't working. It says I have no SIM card. And I'm just not buying shit that comes out of his mouth. I'm like, oh, sure. I wouldn't doubt if you fucking took the SIM card out yourself just so people couldn't figure out where you were. I don't believe this shit for a second. And he goes, no, I'm serious. And he takes a screenshot of his phone. His phone would work on Facebook, but it wouldn't work on uh, anything else. So he could call me when it was on Wi-Fi on Facebook and message on Facebook when it was on Wi-Fi, but nothing else, allegedly. His phone stops working Thursday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, he doesn't get his phone fixed until Tuesday. Now, I don't know about you, but if my phone stopped working, I would have my sweet ass down at the fucking Verizon store saying, let's get this thing to work ASAP. We're not waiting five, six days to get our shit to work. We're on top of things because we're called responsible adults. All of that happens. His phone's not working. Again, he's MIA. Friday, he calls me on Facebook. He's like, Aaron. And I'm like, what? He goes, the cops are at my house. And I go, why are the cops at your house? Who who did you piss off besides me? And he goes, nobody, but I've got cops at my house. And I said, well, um, I mean, are you going to answer it? What are you going to do? And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's scared of cops. And obviously he's been to jail. He's not going to be answering the door anytime soon. He just like lays low in his house until they're gone. Well, are you ready for this? Later, I come to find out because he tells me, he goes, hey, you know why the cops came over? Well, I had 
this chick's phone in my car and she left it in my car. Yeah. And so the cops were coming to get it because they tracked it on, you know, where's my iPhone or whatever. And so when and he apparently was going to go over to his sister's house to check why his phone wasn't working. He was going to try a different SIM card and see if that helped or whatever. Again, I don't know why you wouldn't just go to the AT&T wireless store, but there's that. Allegedly, as he's about to leave his house, the girl whose phone it is shows up at his place. Interesting. So I've never been able to figure out, I mean, I now know who who she is, but I've never been able to figure out if they fucked or not, because I would see her name pop up on his phone all the time. And he would, I said, oh, who's so-and-so? And he goes, oh, that's some old chick from Kickball. Mm, kind of blew it off. And I'm now thinking, hmm, did you fuck her too? Wouldn't doubt it. Allegedly, he had her phone in his car. I don't know why. Now we move on to the next thing. His phone's still not working. Now we're going into Saturday. And Saturday, he is supposed to go to a family reunion in Arkansas, where he is supposed to meet uh, up with his brother-in-law and his sister to hitch a ride so that he doesn't have to drive to Arkansas. And his entire family is going. In fact, apparently, I was invited. Okay. That didn't end up happening, and I'll tell you why. And that is, by the way, an awful, awful story. Here we are. It's Saturday. His phone's still not working. I haven't heard from him. He's been MIA. Next thing I know, I see on Facebook, on his Facebook story, a picture of his TV in his dark ass bedroom. Tennessee baseball is on the screen and it's like two in the afternoon. Okay. So clearly we didn't go to the family reunion and I messaged him and I said, what? No family reunion for you? And he, I can't even remember the excuse he gave me, but it wasn't a good one. So I'm like, oh, typical. Maybe I even said something snotty like, oh, I'm sure your parents are proud. I don't speak to him really. I don't think the rest of the day. And then Sunday I hear from him. This is June 12th. And he messages me and says, hey, I'm coming up to Brookhaven. Meet me up there. So I meet him up there. And well, he's being nice. We're talking. Then he would say, oh, but I I love you. I love hanging out with you, this and that. And like, you know, just all all this shit. He's sitting next to me. Somehow the whole family reunion thing came up. And I go, you know, that's really shitty that you didn't go. I think he ended up telling me then that the reason why he didn't end up going to the family reunion, and he blames it on his brother-in-law, was because his brother-in-law didn't want to come and pick him up, and it was a mile and a half out of the way. And he claims that's why he didn't end up going. And I said, well, that's a really piss poor excuse because you're a grown ass man and you can fucking drive yourself. And he's like, I know I should have just, you know what, I'll, I'll go there by myself and visit and visit with him. And I think he'll really like that because I guess it was like an uncle's birthday and it was like a family reunion. And he ends up crying. He's crying to me in Brookhaven and talking about how he needs to do that. Oh, they'll be really good. And he knows it was bad for him not to go, blah, blah, blah. Then he's like hugging on me and he's like, hey, let's go back to your house. Let's make dinner. Let's snuggle. Let's do this. Blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, he he walks off because some girl starts talking to me. I look around. He's nowhere to be found. So I asked some of our, our friends and I said, hey, have you, have you seen him? They're like, oh yeah, I think he's out in so-and-so's car. And I'm like, oh, fuck no. And you know what that means. So when he's out, when people are out in this certain guy's car, you know what that means? They're doing fucking cocaine. 
I lost my shit. I go out to that car and you've got a car full of people and there they are, lines chopped up, getting ready to do coke and I fucking light all of them on fire. I'm like, why the fuck are we sitting in a car doing cocaine? Get your shit together, get a goddamn job and figure your shit out. I went off on everybody. And he just sat in the back seat and looked at me like a deer in the headlights. Didn't say a word. Yep, the lines are chopped up and he's just sitting there ready to take them. I walk in back into Brookhaven and I... I'm telling my girlfriend, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm I'm about to lose it. The There was a girl sitting in the back seat. She comes in and she was like, Aaron, do you want me to have him come in and hear and talk to you? So he comes back inside. I don't even remember what was said. All I know is he wasn't having any of what I was mad about. And I said, I thought we were going to go home. I can't believe you're doing fucking cocaine right now. Oh my God. What does he do? Walks back out of Brookhaven. I said, are you seriously doing this right now? And he just looks at me, gets back in the car to go do more cocaine. And I left that night and I deleted him, blocked him on everything. Because I was like, that night, mm, that night he really showed me where I stood in his life. That should have been it. That should have been it. You know, actually 18 million times before that should have been it. I mean, he fucking chose cocaine over me. He would have rather sat in that fucking car to do cocaine than go home and make dinner and who knows, maybe even have sex. I don't even know. But it's like, you would rather have done cocaine. What a fucking piece of shit. What a fucking piece of shit. So... I didn't speak to him after that. Like I said, I blocked him on everything. And then I always feel bad when I block people. I don't know why. I just do. And so I probably at some point unblocked him. And by Tuesday, I finally get a text message that says, yay, I got my phone to work again. And I'm thinking, fuck you. And then he sent me some other text message that was like, hey, do you want to take the kayaks out or something? And I ignore that too. Again, fuck you. You chose cocaine over me. So Tuesday, he gets his phone fixed. I ignore him Tuesday, Wednesday. I leave Thursday for Jacksonville with my girlfriend. We're gone that weekend of the 17th, 18th, and 19th. But I hear from him the entire time. Send me pics. I want to see you in a bikini. Oh, you look so pretty. All this stuff. Asking me if I'm hooking up with guys while I'm there. What's funny is he's asking me if I'm hooking up with guys. And I come to find out he's got other bitches in the picture that weekend. We'll get to that. So let's fast forward to the trip to Fort Lauderdale for him. It's that following week. At some point, maybe even over the weekend while I was in Jacksonville, he sent me a message that said, you know, you're still invited to Fort Lauderdale. And I'm like, wait, are you being serious right now? He was supposed to maybe go with some guys. He invited some, but nobody took him up on the offer. And for a split second, I actually thought about going. But then I realized, oh, that's a bad idea because it's probably going to be a shit show. And he's probably going to do stuff that I'm not going to like. And then it's going to be a waste of my money. And I'm going to get pissed. And by the way, the only reason why I considered going was to kind of call him on his bluff. If I went, would he actually want me to go or would he freak out? So I come back from Jacksonville and I guess we ended up hanging out that Monday, Tuesday, and maybe even the Wednesday before he left. Yeah, I think he left my house on that Wednesday for his flight. Allegedly, his parents were taking him to the airport. Then he goes on his trip. Again, it's more shady shit. It's him being MIA, not answering his phone 
phone all night, not texting you back until like one or two in the afternoon, all of this shit. And there was another instance where he said that his phone died and he left his charger in his friend's room, whatever. So here comes an interesting part of the story. So I'm talking to him and he says, oh, hey, I took a dick pic for you this morning. And I'm like, oh, you did? Wow, you've never sent me a dick pic. I want to see this. Yeah, in the 11 months that we've been dating on and off, not once has he ever sent me a dick pic, I, which is kind of interesting if you think about it, because especially him, knowing how he gets around and how he likes to show that thing off, I'm really surprised he's not one to send dick pics, or at least not dick pics to me anyway. But I tell him, yeah, I want to see that. He sends it to me. I save it. And what I notice is that he didn't take it that morning. He actually took the dick pic the morning before. Now, most people wouldn't think that's so weird, but it made me think, okay, well, why would you lie about that? But then also, well, who else did you send this to if you took it yesterday morning? So I thought that was odd. But not only that, it's the dick pic itself that I find interesting. I think a lot of us girls have been sent dick pics from guys, whether it's guys we're dating or random guys. Like the other day, I had some guy on Instagram, I have no idea who he is, send me a pic, and I was like, wow, okay, that was completely unnecessary for a Wednesday, but whatever. Anyway, I think most girls will agree that when you get sent that kind of picture, it's usually a guy laying on his bed, he's wearing his socks, he's got his wiener in his hand, it's hard, and he's looking like he's strangling that thing. And that's what he sends to you. You don't get the picture that I got. No, the one that he sent me was him standing in front of the mirror at his hotel, full frontal. You don't see his face. You don't see his head. It's just shoulders and down. You see his chest. The phone is covering up his stomach and dad bod. And then you see his wiener just hanging there. You know, maybe he rubbed it a little bit to make it look a little bit bigger, but it's just hanging there. To me, that's not a picture you send to your girl. No, that's a picture that you send to someone to say like, hey, what you think of this? This is what you're working with. Can you handle this? It's the approval picture. It's the inspection picture. I've seen that picture sent to people on dating apps. It, like guys, full frontal in front of the mirror in their bathroom, and they'll send a dick pic like that to somebody that they're trying to entice on certain dating apps. Again, that's something that you're trying to, you're trying to hook up with somebody with that dick pic. That's straight up. Yeah, you ain't sending that to me. Because if you were sending that to me, it's like, I know what that looks like. I've seen it a million times. You don't need to tell me what it looks like. How about you show it like in its full form when it actually works? Because a lot of times it didn't. So show me that version. I'd appreciate that. So with the dick pic, I think I said something like, I don't think that was meant for me. And he was like, I knew I shouldn't have sent it to you. And just try to deflect and I just let it go. Then, so one of the guys that we know ended up getting in a really bad fight and got up beat, beat up really bad. And I had told him about it. And so he messaged one of the other guys we know and said like, hey, do you know who did it? Blah, blah, blah. He ends up texting me and says, hey, this is the picture of the guy that did it. And he sends a screenshot from our friend. I look at the, at the screenshot and being the investigator that I am, I noticed something and I sent the screenshot to my girlfriends and I said, do you notice anything? And I feel like nobody catches shit like I do. I was like, why don't you look at the top corner? The top corner shows usually the last app or the last thing you were on. On his, it said hinge. Mm. 
So now we have confirmation that he's there in Fort Lauderdale actively looking on dating sites and actively talking to people. Who knows? Maybe that dick pic went to half of South Florida on Hinge. I don't know. So that just really pissed me off. And it's not that I didn't know that already, really, but then it's when you see it. It's kind of like when you get cheated on. It's one thing for you to get cheated on and hear it. It's another thing for you to see it yourself. I saw that and I was pissed and I I don't in, think I talked to him the rest of the time. And I think I ended up ignoring him the rest of the week because uh, Monday, I think he got back. Tuesday, I think he sent me a message. I didn't reply. Wednesday, he sends me another message. Do you want to still see the movie today? I don't reply. I ignore him all week. So 4th of July, let's talk about that weekend. Friday, July 1st. There was a big river trip planned. And I was going to be going with some girlfriends. We had a cabin up at Spring River. A group of guys, they got a cabin. In fact, a, a big duplex, and they ended up getting a bunch of people to go. Numbnuts is going to go on this trip. So it's Friday, July 1st, and that's the day we're all spo- supposed to leave and go to the river. I have to work that morning, so of course my alarm goes off at 4 a.m., and what do I do? I end up going to the bathroom, as I do every morning, take my little morning tinkle, bring my phone, log on to Facebook, and ding! As soon as I log on, I swear, within like 30 seconds, he messages me on Facebook. Now, keep in mind, I've ignored him all week because of this bullshit. And he messages me, hey, what are you doing up? And I reply back, I work. And he says, are you going to bring your kayak to the river? And I said, probably. And he says, can't wait to see you. And I reply back with, better question is, why are you awake right now? Which I know the answer. He's drunk and he's probably doing cocaine all night. Keep in mind, those messages were about, mm, he says, can't wait to see you at around 4.15 a.m. So at 6.50 in the morning, I reply back with, no answer is my favorite. Because anytime he doesn't answer you, he doesn't want to answer your question because you're probably not going to like the answer, or he doesn't want to confess what he's actually really doing. So again, 4.15, can't wait to see you. Lock that in your head for a second. The other moment I want you to lock into your head is when his phone's not working that week before, and he's supposed to go to the family reunion. I want you to lock that moment into your head as well. Here we go. We get to the river. He ends up bringing a girl with him, and I don't know which is funny because now I'm friends with her. But at first I was freaked out. I found out from the group of guys that he had brought a girl. I don't know if he did that to make me mad. I don't know if that is because he wanted someone to drive. I don't know if that's because he can't even ride in a car by himself. I don't know. But anyway, first night, all of us girls just hang out. We drink at the house. Our houses, by the way, are 20 miles apart. So we're not hanging out with the group of guys. Even though they wanted us to go over there, we're like, nah, we're good. And then the next day, it's the float. And I'm looking cute. I got my hair in pigtails. I got my cute little bikini on. My body's rocking. I'm looking great. Everyone's like, oh my God, Erin, you look super and your boobs look great. You're, I was feeling myself. Pictures to prove it. But anyway, we go on the river and Numbnuts decides his bright idea. Instead of getting a, a raft like everybody else or chipping in for a raft, he's going to go ahead and buy an inner tube. That was the worst idea ever. His little inner tube idea doesn't work out and they end up getting on the boat with everybody else. 
I ignore him the entire time. I don't make any eye contact with him. I don't say hi. I don't, I don't care. I'll tell you this. He looked like somebody had ran over his dog. And you know what was also interesting? He really didn't even drink the entire time he was on the river. Mr. I get wasted all of the fucking time decided not to have any drinks and look like like somebody had just ran over his dog. We all go to our, you know, the float's over. It's time to go back to our cabins. I end up getting a message from him that's like, what are you doing? We all want to hang out, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I think the girls were just going to hang out up here and grill out. He said, well, some of the other guys want to, you know, come up and visit. He and a group of guys end up coming to our cabin. We were grilling out, having a good time. Anyway, he shows up and he's trying to be all sweet and nice and try to get back together. And he's like, I want to make this work and blah, blah, blah. And I said, dude, you've never been all in ever. I've been all in. I've always been all in. You never have. You've never been off the dating apps ever. And he's like, oh, well, let's change that. Let's change that right now. And I go, oh, really? And so he pulls out his phone and he goes to his dating app section. And before I have a chance to do anything, he deletes the app off his phone. He deletes Bumble. I know what that means. That doesn't mean shit. You just deleted off your phone. Your profile's still there. And then I go, hang on a second. So I take his phone. I go to his Hinge profile and I open up the app. I hit delete account. And then I hit delete of hinge off of his phone. Don't even get me started on his hinge profile. It was fraudulent as fuck. Anyway, so he's like, yeah, let's make this work. Da, 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 da. We end up hanging out the rest of the night. And he was good. He was fine. He actually, I don't remember him to have drank a lot, to be honest with you. And he wasn't wasted. He seemed fine. He ends up spending the night at our cabin and staying with me. <sighs> and mm, here we go. I end up waking up. Are you ready? Another wet bed. Yeah. He he pissed the bed again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I turned to him. And I was like, dude, you need to figure this out. Like, this is not okay. This is happening way too much. And I and I and I'm not and I wasn't trying to be mean to him. You know, and I know I'm talking about him pissing the bed in this podcast, but at the end of the day, it is a serious issue. And while I can sit here and somewhat make fun of him because, you know, of how badly he treated me, at the end of the day, it is an issue that needs medical attention, for real. And this is a moment where I'm not being a bitch. Like, I don't know why that is happening. And I don't know why he doesn't try to figure that out. And it actually makes me kind of sad that it's like, dude, figure that out. That is not okay. And why is that happening? You're a man in your 40s. I mean, and that's not me being a bitch right now. And that was the last time he peed the bed. So that is the seventh time that he had ended up peeing the bed. Six times with me, one time at his buddy's house. And so, you know, I hope he figures it out. The rest of the weekend, you know, is fine. We go back to Memphis on 4th of July day. Uh, somebody's having a pool party. So we decide to go over there. And the pool party, eh, he starts off good, but then he starts drinking more. And he took a little bit of a weed pen. And then the wheels come off. At one point, my girlfriend that I went to Jacksonville with, she shows up. And she's got hair extensions and eyelashes. And 
we're sitting on the edge of the pool. I'm filling her in on the river trip. He comes up and starts splashing us. And she's like, hey, don't get me wet. He keeps doing it. And she's like, bro, stop doing it. He keeps going. She gets up. She's upset. And he's like, fuck that bitch. And I'm like, what is your problem? Like, why are you doing that? And he's just being unreasonable. And at that point, I take him aside and I'm like, what, what's going on? And he, I think he really is mad because he knows I would talk to her and she knows stuff about our relationship. And so it's almost like he was, he, it's almost like he's just pissed at her because of that, which is ridiculous. We end up going home because by this time, the weed and the alcohol have hit a point where now he's starting to get nauseous. We get home, he sleeps it off, ended up sleeping the rest of the night. Now, one thing about the pool party I failed to mention was while we were inside, his phone was next to mine and it goes off and I look at it and there's text messages, two text messages, one from a Denise in Fort Lauderdale and it was like, happy 4th of July. And then it was some other random number. I'm pretty sure that the Denise and Fort Lauderdale, because I looked at, well, I'll tell you later, but I'm pretty sure that's somebody that he hooked up with while in Fort Lauderdale. So I'll tell you how I figure all that out in the grand finale. So I feel like this is a good stopping point because now we're at 4th of July and Thursday of the same week is when all this stuff goes down and it's the... It's the fireworks, so to speak. So hang on. Um, Again, I want to reiterate that this is my experience with the guy to steer clear of in Memphis. This isn't, you know, hearsay. This is the things that happened to me. And I want to make sure that's clear. And I also ask for your mercy when it comes to judgment, because I know that a lot of these stories, you know, you keep hearing them and hearing them and you're like, God, this is so awful. Why is she staying? And in a future podcast, I will try to dive into that because as I listen back to this and I have to edit it, I think, oh my God, Aaron, it's just, it's just too much. It's just too much. But again, thank you for checking out the podcast. And again, uh, the guy to steer clear of in Memphis, the finale, part three, will be coming up soon. She's cute and she's crazy. Says her ex was lazy. Her love life's kind of hazy. It's Aaron's Thursday vlog. <laughs>